All right, folks, here we go. Another week is coming on. And maybe the best divisional round, divisional weekend in NFL history. Four games, four crazy matchups, all came down to the final gun. And obviously, one of the greatest games we'll ever see between Kansas City and Buffalo. Obviously, it was a it was a great weekend. Three of the four teams, three of the four road teams won, which is unusual for this time for this time of the for this round. And like I said, it's been a it's been a great season to this point. But unfortunately, w w with the success comes the spoils. And like I said, one of those games was not what we expected. The 49er Packer game. Despite extreme cold and extreme wind and extreme snow, it did not it did not help the pack. San Francisco took that game away in the final 5 minutes of the game in the final 5 minutes. And unfortunately, once again, Aaron Rodgers despite what he's despite the season and the numbers he put up will not be a champion again. So like I said, we have a lot to talk about tonight, but we're going to start right away with, with the rabbit in the hat. Your thoughts on Aaron Rodgers' legacy now, after th after this disappointment? Yeah, I mean, it was definitely a disappointment, but like I say, it's not. It's definitely something that I expected somewhat because, you know, back in the preseason, like I said, I picked the Niners to be in the NFC Championship game um, when we did our preview last week. I picked them to win the game in a tight one, but a win, which is what happens. Um, I did expect a better game out of Rodgers. I mean, 10 points at home is pretty terrible, but um, fact of the matter is I did. I thought the Niners had a good chance of winning it, and um, that the Packers, like I said when we talked on Friday and looked at this game, I haven't been impressed with them all year. I know they're the number one seed, but they really haven't been that great a team. You know, their offense, I think, ranked about 10th or 11th in the NFL in total points. Their defense ranked middle of the pack. I forget exactly where, like 14th or something like that. You know, if you look at, like, the numbers, they they don't look like a number one seed team. But they got the number one seed, um, and they got beat by, by the Niners. So, you know, to me, Aaron Rodgers' legacy is, I mean, he's, He's he's a Hall of Famer, but I don't put him in the same category as like guys like Brady, Breeze, Manning. I got to put him a, little, a notch below, but he does have a Super Bowl ring, so it's more than some quarterbacks can say, especially Dan Marino. So, my turn. All right, hey, 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 um, and I agree with with you wholeheartedly. Um, even though I did not pick them to win, I thought Green Bay would still have enough to pull that off. And for you to predict Niners will be in the NFC Championship game beginning of the season, that's amazing. I, I should have – next year I want to talk to you in advance and make some long-term bets because <laughs> I did not see that. Um, yeah, well, to my uh, detriment, I also picked the Bills and Bucks to be in the Super Bowl, so that didn't work out, but – yeah, yeah, but not, not at least not too shabby though. Not too shabby. Made it to the divisional round, um, and 
both of them played a, a, quite a game, and we'll talk about that later. But your boy, Mr. Rogers, um, once again, he comes a little short in the playoffs. Now, he, overall, he has a winning record. Um, mentally, I didn't think he, it was. I had to look it up. I think it's 13-9 uh, and to, to that nature. So uh, he has not much problem winning wild cards round. Um, but the conference championship one and four is where we're at with him. So a uh, buddy of mine really swore he was going to win. No one could go up there and beat Aaron Rodgers. And I said, hold on. <laughs> Tom Brady and company just went up there and beat him last year. And so I thought this year that's what was going to happen. I thought we were going to have to wait for the NFC Championship game for TB and company to go up there and do it again. But neither one <laughs> got out the divisional. Um, and Aaron was just, he, it looks like he was spending too much time trying to uh, to target his two big guys, Aaron Jones and uh, Devontae both had nine catches each. But after that, Lazard had only one catch. And then that was pretty much it. So there was that one play I was watching, I think, at NFL Live, where they were showing him throwing that deep ball to Devontae Adams in double coverage. And on a shallow cross, uh, I think it was either Adams, not was it, it was Lazard. Totally missed him. Wide open for 20 yards. And he could have easily ran for another 20. So he was just way too focused on just trying to sort of force feed uh, the ball to the main guys. Their running game stinks. Um, Jones was a leading rusher. He was a leading rusher and leading receiver. Uh, he only had 41 yards rushing. And then San Fran, they come out uh, like he did with uh, against uh, Dallas. They bought the running game because you can't rely on Jimmy G. That was my biggest concern was Jimmy G was going to best things up. And I didn't watch much of the middle, second, and third quarter. I saw Green Bay march right down the field to start the game. I said, oh, here we go. But the defense stiffened up. And they didn't let A-Rod get no more than another field goal. And then Jimmy G, I'm in the car listening as they're marching down at the end of the first half. And then I, either in the red zone, I hear, interception. I said, golly, here we go. That's my guy, Jimmy G. And I thought, well, this ain't going to work out. But I happened to catch the final few minutes. Um, I, was, I was at a, uh, at a friend's house. And uh, we were just amazed to see the block punt, finish them off, and win that game. So I was happy to see uh, Green Bay go, and I think for Aaron Rodgers' legacy, uh, well, it's getting a little tarnished lately, just more out of his, because uh, of his mouth, more so than his play. Um, and we'll see where he lands. I don't who knows what's going to happen uh, this next season. He's always been... Bark in the past year or two about wanting to leave, and who knows? Uh, what do you think? Well, Mr. Rob. Well, like I said, I mean, just thinking about this game and thinking about watching that. You know, like I said, me and my buddy Mike, we were watching that game, and it just—I I, just—you know—sometimes, and, and this is my fault. I doze off sometimes when I get bored, and this game got boring at times. But oh yeah, but I got back, but I do see the ending. And I really thought that, you know, Green Bay would take care of their business. But 
the problem and you see and we and we see and you've seen and y'all both seen enough football in your lives to know don't keep a team that you can beat in the game. And that's exactly what happened. I mean, I saw the end of that set first half and how Green Bay could have just taken over because of a mistake by on special teams by uh by the 49ers or a turnover or something. And they couldn't do anything. They they missed out on on even scoring a field goal or something and they get a black punt. What I've known is Packers special teams was the worst in the league this year. And that's hard to believe because it's covered up by by Aaron Rodgers' great play. But once again, when you look back at this game, it's not what the special teams couldn't do. It's not even what Garoppolo couldn't do as a protected quarterback. It's the fact that Aaron Rodgers, once again, is not has as many Super Bowl wins as the Eagles do in the last decade. And the sad thing is... You know, he. I'm going to say this. I'm going to say this on air, and you can keep this in the, in your resume in the future. If he played his last game or not, which I know he has, and he'll play again, he is the most wasted talent in the NFL since 2011. There is I, you. You can't tell me this guy. I mean, yeah, I yeah. There's a lot of quarterbacks. Yeah, Drew Brees got one championship. Yes, Dan Marino never won a Super Bowl, and when he retired, he had all the great numbers. I understand all those things. But Aaron Rodgers is more talented than those guys were. He's about to win his fourth MVP. He has he has as you know, he has the best touchdown interception ratio of any quarterback in the in NFL history, at least in the last decade or so. And the fact of the matter is his, his head coach, Matt LaFleur, has 39 victories through th- his first three seasons. Probably more than Belichick, more than Reed, more than all these other great coaches. He doesn't even have a Super Bowl appearance as a head coach. So you're going to tell me that Aaron Rodgers, as great as he is, when it comes down to it, when it comes to the postseason, he can't get it done when it matters and he has everything in front of him? I'm sorry, he's a loser. He's a damn loser. And even bigger loser than, than guys like Kirk Cousins and them because to me, he should have four or five, at least four Super Bowl appearances and three rings. He has none of that. One championship and one ring, as many as the Eagles has. As much as Nick Foles has. Come on now. Hell, you're going you're gonna tell you're gonna tell me that Aaron Rodgers is great. He'll go in the Hall of Fame. He's gonna have a plaque. I mean, a bust in Canton. We know that. We understand that. But you're going to tell me he's better than Tom Brady. He's better than Peyton Manning. He's better than Joe Montana, John Elway. All, hell, <laughs> Terry Bradshaw, who didn't do shit, but lived off of a, off of a great team. The man's got four rings. You can't. He, he, he does have a judge. You know, his judgment does matter, unfortunately. So... To me, he's just he's just he just underachieves when it matters. He's a loser and and he's a waste and he's a wasted talent in this league, in the history of this league. Uh, got him as a loser. Okay. <laughs> well Matt uses that word a lot about quarterbacks if you watch the show, but to me, it's it's yeah, easy. Well, it's easy to see. I don't know. I can't go as far as to call him a loser because he has, he's won a championship, unlike bums like Kirk Cousins and even Matt Ryan. I mean, those guys are losers, but um, he definitely hasn't been, he's definitely not, like I, like I said, he's not one of the greatest, like a, he's not on the level of Brady and Elway, like you said, Manning. 
You know, he just isn't. And unless he wins another one, he's never, he's not ever going to be on that level. But um, I mean, we'll see. A, a lot, a lot, so a lot of it's on him. Some of it's on other things with the team. I mean, the fact of the matter is that the team has never hasn't it's never been the type of team that just goes all out to win, like win now mode. They they don't add necessarily elite talent. They don't go out and make the big free agent splash. That's why, um, like Kwame said, that um, um, the, the, he was he, he hyper focuses on Devonte Adams, and I mean, a lot of it is just because out, outside Devonte Adams, they don't have a lot. You know, Lazard was open a few times; they had some good plays, but the fact of the matter is, he's not some great receiver. So, um, I'm curious to see where he goes after this season. He definitely wants to get out. He wants to go to a team that's ready to win a championship and do whatever it takes. I think, and. Um, you know, last year there was some talk in the preseason that he wanted out, and that if he does, Denver was a team that would be a, that would be an option, and um, and they were interested. And we'll see if he goes to Denver. You know, like I said in the preseason, it was highly unlikely at that point. But I said if if, if he were to go to Denver, Denver would have been my pick to win the Super Bowl because they get, they got pretty much everything else in place, and they got a lot of receivers there, man. They got a. Uh, Cortland Sutton, Jerry Judy, um, um, KJ Hamler. Um, forget the other, the fourth receiver's name now, but he, he was good. Um, they got a good running game, a decent offensive line. Noah Fant at tight end, and they got a top five defense. So, you know, if if he makes the jump to Denver, I think he's got a good shot to win another Super Bowl. Hmm. Yeah. Well. Well, we'll see because because he'll. Because he'll be because if he obviously does have a chance to win another championship if he goes elsewhere and in pretty much I'll give it a fifty fifty shot that he does take his talent elsewhere. Like I said, he'll be judged by he needs to get there or not. But obviously if he goes to Denver, you gotta deal with Big Red and the Rocket. I don't like his chances, Justin Herbert, you know, and even the Raiders. That's a that's gonna be you think you think like I said, it's been a cakewalk. That NFC North has been a cakewalk. For most of his history, that AFC West is not not as easy. And like I said, we'll see we'll see what happens in the off season because obviously we'll we will talk about Aaron Rodgers, and obviously in a in a in, a, in another episode when it comes to the off season. But like I said, why y'all? The Pittsburgh has been the rumor. Yeah. But I was like I said like y'all were hoping that Tampa Bay and Buffalo would be contending bound at least for me at least for me. My $60 bet is still on with the L.A. Rams since I picked them to win the NFC this year. And luckily for them, or unlucky for them, they somehow survived Brady Brady's comeback attempt. Like I said, but like I said, it's still, it's still going to be interesting to see what happens. Like I said, this weekend, they played the, the 49ers in a rematch. And like I said, I was mentioning to, to a friend of mine earlier this this rematch reminds me of the Colts and Jets in 2009, where for whatever reason they stopped playing and they let the Jets get into the postseason. Three weeks later, in the AFC Championship game, guess who came came to came to the Indy, the Jets, and they outplayed them for the first half of that game. Obviously, looking back at this matchup in Week 18, these two teams went at it, and unfortunately, it didn't go well for the Rams at the end. Now, thinking about this, how much do they kind of regret the fact that here they are, 
the same team that if you just if you didn't blow it in that last fourth quarter, they wouldn't even be in the playoffs, let alone in the NFC Championship game. So, like I said, and the problem is, Sean McVay, as great a coach as he's been in this league, and he's been a great coach in this league in his very brief his brief run, his fifth fifth season, fourth playoff appearance, I think third NFC Championship game, maybe two. I think it's the second or third one of them. He's not had any luck against the 49ers and, and Shanahan and Garoppolo. So is things going to be different this time on Sunday, even though we were going to preview the game on Sunday, obviously. He's in the 49ers are in McVay's head. Will things be different Sunday? Y'all thoughts? Yeah, when you look back at the uh the Rams Bucks game last on last Sunday, um, you know, <clears throat> You got to give that defense a ton of credit, man. They did a great job all game. Um, they got it. They got after Brady. They got. They beat that offensive line. The Bucks have one of the best offensive lines in the league, and they dominated. Um, Donovan Smith guys got wrecked all game by guys like Von Miller, um, and uh, they did a great job. They they really they shut down Brady. And despite the fact that at the in the fourth quarter, you know Stafford, Cam Akers. They tried at their best to give that game away, and the defense kept uh, kept stopping the Bucks. And then eventually, you give Brady enough shots, he's gonna he's gonna score points, and he's gonna make a comeback, which he did. And then, obviously, to end the game, there um, Matt Cooper Cup stepped it up, and Matt Stafford made a couple great throws to to finish him off. But um, um, yeah, I, I, that game was more so about that Rams defense. They any a lesser defense, um, especially the way the fourth quarter went, I think a lesser defense, the Bucks might have blown them out. But um, yeah, the Rams defense did, did a great job. And going up when you're looking at this game against the Niners coming up, um, yeah, like you said, McVay hasn't had a lot of success so far in his career against the Niners. But this is a different story. This is the the playoffs. This is the NFC Championship game. Um, obviously, both teams in recent years have made it to the Super Bowl, so both teams do have experience in this type of situation. Um, but I'm looking at this as uh, uh, possibly Matt Stafford's final um, coming out party all these years later. You know, he was stuck in Detroit, putting up big numbers, never making the playoffs, never won a playoff game. He's, uh, he's, he's um, despite the, the way the fourth quarter went, that was more... He had a couple bad plays, but that was more on Cam Akers. You know, he had two fumbles. Um, he, he was terrible. He and uh, and um, he really hurt the team. And Matt Stafford made some big throws there at the end too. So, you know, he's a guy who it was questionable whether or not he really is a winner at, at quarterback. Whether he can make it in the big games, and he just went up against the greatest quarterback and and beat him. And um, um, now he's going up against Jimmy G. I think it's going to be a tough one for the Niners. I think uh, Stafford's going to make it to the Super Bowl, possibly win it, and finally move up into um, elite quarterback status. Hmm. Yeah, that game was, well, both Sunday games were, I'm actually all four games were great, but that game was crazy to see uh, the Rams come over to Tampa and start putting it on them and take a 
seven to three lead. And that was shocking to me. I did not think the Rams were going to do much. So you see how my predictions were. So I thought the Tampa defending champs was going to and have a little revenge on their mind. When it was back, I said, okay, they're going to take care of this. First two plays, Fournette, bam, 11 yards. Next play, bam, 10 yards. I was like, okay, there you go. And then they stop. Start to go back to passing. Now I understand, Tom Brady, of course you're going to let him pass. But they got too far away from Fournette when things were working. He had 20 yards of rushing already in the first two carries. He wound up finishing 13 carries and only 51 yards. Maybe I think he got out of a rhythm. Um, so, or and or I would give Rams defense credit for making sure they weren't going to let him beat them. Um, so, a combination of both things. And Agers, as you had already mentioned, tried his best to get the game back. I eat up 27-3, and then Tommy B and the company come back to tie the game. Thanks to Akers fumbling first at the end of the half, where it could have put the game away. He fumbles at the one. Then he fumbles in the fourth quarter to give it right to them so they can pick a tie. I mean, the, the Rams, like, they completely forgot how to play football. Oh, the snap going past Stafford's face <laughs> in the shotgun. And um, uh, Stafford starts to look uh, a, a little shaky, a little more uh, unsure of himself. And I said, oh, here it is. Here it is. Here's where Tommy B, who's come back from this before, <laughs> from a little worse in the Super Bowl, speaking of Falcons. I thought this was going to be it, and I'm sure everybody in L.A. country thought the same thing. But I have to give Stafford credit. After they tied it up for him to find good old Cooper Cup down the side and get back in the field goal range and kick a field goal, the Stafford is giving me a little more respect. I got a little more respect for him now. Um, so I don't look at him as a total... Loser, as I probably once did. I got two playoff wins under his belt. Um, I have my concerns that Kryptonite might be waiting for him back home. Just a little concern about the Kryptonite. But right now, I'm giving them the Rams and Stafford their praise. And um, I'm sure Tommy B will be back. But I just one quick thing I'll say is the officiating, I was not pleased. I've never seen one team get hit with not one, not two, three unsportsmanlike conducts in the first 20 minutes of the game. One of them, the Tom Brady, who never got one in his life. <laughs> because he was complaining about getting hit in the lip, and he had evidence. He was bleeding. And I, so I don't know what was going on with the officials that, that day, but that's not why they lost. We just need better officials to get rid of taunting rules, stupid. Um, but that's, I won't go on that rant right now. <laughs> yeah. I mean, watch that game was theater. Pretty much every game this sun, this past weekend was theater. But that game, I, uh, like I said, I kind of knew the Rams were going to win because as y'all got wrong, that was the only game I got right out of the four games. But, and, and like I said, they were up 27-3, to and then they... But it's not like they got off the gas. It's just the fact is... Four fumbles, all four fumbles lost. Not good look. And like I said, you can't give Brady any time, and you and Brady, you know, was going to make a comeback, and he did. 
And he made it all the way back. And then obviously he went to Cooper Cup and that was it. But just, but like I said, I mean, this, this matchup on Sunday is going to be interesting because this is why you picked him. That's why you trade away all your, your, your two drafts and you spend all that money. And here you are, you got, you got a, you know, you got a Stafford and here he is. And this is the opportunity, the biggest opportunity of his career, the biggest game of his, of his 13 seasons. Like I said, it's going to be bad. It's going to be a battle. It's going to be a war. And the 49ers, like I said, house money can get you far. I think about the Eagles in 2008. Came out of nowhere in the in the NFC Championship game. Gave it everything they got. Came up short. But like I said, you can't go. Like I said, Jimmy Garoppolo, he's so protected. And in th- this matchup, like it, it, the Rams, if the Rams lose then there's going to be, unfortunately, there could be blame to go around and Stafford's going to get most of it, even if it's not his fault. Because unfortunately, the quarterback's going to get most of the blame when you, when the expectations aren't filled. Like I said, we don't have to worry about Brady because if Brady lost his game, you know, it's tough, but hey, he's used to it. There's nothing for him left to prove. He's done everything there is to do in this league. Everything's gravy to him. But Stafford, you don't have that luxury. You've been in this league too long. You put up too many good numbers. You're a borderline Hall of Famer. You got you got to pay the cost to the boss. So Sunday's game is what matters. And like I said, if the Rams don't win, bad it's going to be a bad look. It's going to be a bad look. And like I said, it was Sunday's. <laughs> just looking back on Sunday, that was kind of a nightmarish way to to finish a game. But they got they got lucky. They got lucky. So. We'll see what happens there. But obviously the game of the day, why every game could be considered game of the you know, best game of the weekend. Obviously, we told you, we warned you, Chiefs and Bills was going to be the game. And it turned out that way. 25 points in the last two minutes. But unfortunately, overtime rules, once again, Digged somebody in the ass. And I have a new nickname for Josh Allen. Big Game Josh. God knows how to come up in big games. And obviously, here he, you know, like I said, I can't remember the last time a team lost and the quarterback didn't get blamed. They they completely praised the quarterback. But I know Josh Allen doesn't, feels like he should get more of the blame than he, then obviously he doesn't deserve because he doesn't deserve the blame. That was all defense. 13 seconds. I've never seen that before in, in over 20 years of watching football. 13 seconds to get from the 20-yard line to a field goal range and still kick it. I, I don't know. That, that That's heroics. I've never seen that before. But like I said, my question to y'all two is, is Josh Allen ever going to be the guy in this AFC? Or is Mahomes just, it's the Mahomes era, obviously, and we're living in it. But will he ever beat Mahomes in a big spot? Was this was this the fact that he's going to have to be like Peyton Manning to Brady 20 years ago and have to wait and get an opportunity one of these days? Yeah, well, the Bills are a team that... Um that I actually follow a lot because one of my oldest friends is a has always has been a Bills fan forever. So um, 
I actually know a lot more about this team than most people that that are outside of you know the Buffalo fan base. But um, yeah, Josh Allen's a guy that going back to his rookie year, I've been telling you all along. He like, he comes up big in the fourth quarter in big moments, and um, you know he didn't get off. In t- statistically, he didn't get off to some amazing start to his career his first two years, but he showed a lot of potential. And as soon as they got some good receivers in there and just built up that offense, he he took it took off last year, and this year he's played well. Um, not as well this year as he did last year, but he also this year had pretty much no running game and a weak offensive line. But um, yeah, he'll get he'll, his his moment will come. His moment will come. He's um he's gonna win a uh, he's gonna win at least a Super Bowl, possibly more. And um, he, he's a guy that's uh he's, he's just he's a winner, man. And he'll he'll get his moments. Um, this was just uh for him, bad luck. <laughs> and more so, like you said, this is, it's on the defense letting up points there with 13 seconds left. The Chiefs get the ball back, and Josh Allen doesn't even get a chance to step back on the field. He really shouldn't have had to. He should have had. The, the, there's no reason the Bills should have left points to begin with, but they did. And then overtime goes right to the Chiefs. They go right down, score a touchdown, game over. Josh Allen's just sitting there on the bench. All he can do is watch. So, um, nonetheless, the Bills are a team that's right on the on the cusp of of winning one. They got a top defense. They got a really good head coach who is one of the best defensive coaches in the league, so that defense is going to stay good. Um, they also got a lot of weapons on offense, that receiver. They need to shore up the offensive line, get a couple running backs in, or get a running back in there, and um, and they'll be right there. Dawson Knox is grown as a player. He's becoming a really tight end. Um, Josh Allen's just going to get better. Once they get a good offensive line there, I think he's going to be um, even more even more dangerous. You know, he's he's already an MVP candidate. I expect him to at least win an MVP at some point in his career. So he'll get his. But, um, yeah, props to the Chiefs and Mahomes. The, the Mahomes especially, he uh, he's, he willed his team to victory there. He put the team on his back. Um, and every time the Bills got that lead and, you know, it looked like they had the game wrapped up, here comes Mahomes in that offense. More points. So... You know, um, for that game, it was great. But the Chiefs going forward, they're going to have to play better, especially on defense. Well, I should say their defense is going to have to play better because you can't win like that, man, more than one time in the playoffs. So they're going to have to figure out a way to shut down Joe Burrow this Sunday or it could be lights out for them. All right. Yeah, I just have one simple phrase. What? Uh, game, and I knew it, and as many of us knew it, that this was going to be the game of the weekend. And my goodness, I mean, it exceeded anything I would have thought of. What a finish! And um, I'm so glad that um, that I didn't miss it because I was uh, at the gym during the Tampa Bay game because it got boring. It's like you said, Rob, about getting you fell asleep. Because it was boring. So I said, let me go over here to the gym while and make sure I get back in time for this game. So as I'm watching the ending of that game at the gym, saying at the screen with no volume, a bunch of us are crowding around watching how Tampa Bay was trying to make the comeback. I got home in time to watch this one. And opening drive, 
Bills and Company marched down, 14-play drive, two fourth-down conversions on the way to getting a touchdown. And I said, look at these guys. They're continuing their streak from last week. That's eight straight drives, not including the kneel down, that they scored a touchdown. And then Mahomes is watching on the sidelines, and he's, okay, I can do that too. And then he goes down for, I think, 11-play drive, gets a touchdown. I said, we got ourselves a game now. They're going toe-to-toe already. I like this. And somewhere around the third quarter, I don't know, I dozed. Not because of the game. Just, I think I was just tired from the workout. <laughs> thank God I woke up in the fourth quarter. It's fire caught all that and the overtime. And to watch these guys throw with uh, Josh Allen was 20, we could, uh, 27 for 37. 329 yards, four touchdowns, no interceptions. And then Mahomes, 35, 33 for 44, 378, three touchdowns, no interceptions. It, I heard this is the first time that two opposing quarterbacks someone for 300 yards and three touchdowns each with no interceptions. So that's what you witnessed. History. These two, it was so fun to watch them go back and forth, back and forth, so on between tight windows, throwing sidearm when he had to, like with the Mahomes pass when he's throwing almost around a defender with a sidearm. Uh, watching Mahomes throw over that two, the, the two-point completion where he had to scramble and run and, and at the last minute find him in the back of the end zone. And then, uh, uh, what's his name, who came out of nowhere, Davis, who's that guy? Eight catches, 201 yards, four touchdowns. Like, go this. And so I was just, the whole time, just watching the fourth quarter, just with my eyes wide open, mouth open, hands up. I was just, just nuts. And I, that was just bananas. And I was rooting for the Bills, even though I love Mahomes, and he was the last black quarterback left, so in a way I did want him to win. But I actually wanted the Bills to pull it off. I, was, I really like Josh Allen a lot. I love the way when he runs, he doesn't slide. He runs your ass over. You thought he did to number 35. I don't know what his name was, but my man was laid out. <laughs> now, he came back, so thank goodness he was all right. But he ran right over. Huh? What's he that? he didn't say anything. It's just static. Oh, okay. Oh, yes. So he ran his behind over. He just lowers his shoulder. He don't care. And he's big and fast. And I can throw. And, uh, you know, the first two years, it was kind of shaky up there, you know. And I'm sure, Matt, you probably know that people are like, mm, I don't know about this guy. You don't see him all that bright. But he figured it out. <laughs> he's figured it out. And he looks great. So I felt so bad for him. Now, I will say this before Rob gets his opinion on the overtime rules. Yeah, I would love to see him get back on the field to get another shot. However, I don't have a problem with these overtime rules. I don't have a problem that you have to score. I didn't like before when a field goal was enough. But if, if your defense can't stop the other guys from going down to the end zone in overtime, what am I supposed to do? You have 60 minutes to get this figured out during the regulation, and then we give you another opportunity to get it done in overtime. Now, the one thing I may change, instead of doing a coin toss, which I think is a dumbass way to figure out who should get the ball, Maybe after regulation, you can look at the stat. Who had the most yards? 
Ooh. I think well, yards might be the best one, but something that actually happens on the field, and you can determine who gets the ball then. So that's my take. What's yours, Rob? Well, like I said comes the, the the success comes to spoils, and that is the overtime rules. I mean, like I said, it just. Yeah, overtime has 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 hurt and ruined a lot of games, unfortunately. And like I said, we talk about the post postseason. I wouldn't change the overtime rules in the regular season because the the tie still matters. There's still going to be a tie, but in the postseason, you have to you got to give both of these guys a chance. So what I would what I would do is like I say in college, they use possession, no time. A guy started the 25 or the 30-yard line, but I wouldn't do that because that would be kind of bogus. That would be kind of bogus. So, I mean, coin toss, that's how they do it. But to me, you have to give these guys a possession. And even if they score a touchdown, the other team needs to get the ball and they have to make a move. To me, it wouldn't be a major overhaul, but even if they score, if the if the Chiefs scored a touchdown, that's not the end of the game. You have to let the Bills come back. If the Bills scored a touchdown, then it's sudden death, and whoever gets the next score wins. It's it's similar, but at least Josh Allen gets to see the field, and the touchdown doesn't kill them as long as they don't turn the ball over. It's just a tweak. It's not much of a major change, and you don't need a major change. You don't have to change the coin toss. You don't have to change the time, but at least give both teams the chance to have the ball. Okay, if they have a turnover in the first possession and it goes to the other team, at least the other team gets the ball and if they score, wins the game. But you know, in the NFL in the regular season, like I said, you get a field goal and the game continues. So, to me, that's what I would do. You have to give both of these guys at least a chance. You can't just tell me that one team gets the advantage over a coin flip. And yeah, the defenses and both defenses by that point were were gassed. They were they weren't going to stop they weren't going to stop anybody. They couldn't stop a ninety year old Hall of Famer named Red Farmer. So at the end of the day, hell, to be they should have given Josh Allen at least even if they even if you score a touchdown, you at least give Josh Allen at least one possession, one possession each. If they can't score. Then game's over. At least they got the ball, so so the bitching would be less on Monday than what it really was. But to me, it's not fair that Josh Allen couldn't see the field because of the damn rule, you know. And and and, and you know, like I said, t- touchdown, touchdown. But to ne- next time, I think that's what's going to happen. I think that's what the league is because they're already talking in New York. So I think my idea and my proposal is going to work. Where a touchdown doesn't always mean win. That means you win if you get the turn if the team can't score or a turnover in their possession. Both teams are going to get possession in overtime moving forward. So that's my proposal. I'm sticking to it. I don't give a damn what y'all think. Sorry. <laughs> and if that if that becomes the change, you know, I'm not going to make a big thing. But here's my thing. NFL has been telling us over and over again that they're concerned about safety and that they don't want them playing much longer than they need to be. So now we're going to make sure that they do, if there is a tie, that both sides will not have to have to get 
saying they're going to start looking a little more contradictory to themselves. And, and, and I, as I said in that game, I would love to see Josh back on the field one more time. Um, but, however, the defense cannot just allow Kelsey to just roam around in the middle of the field wide open. They can't allow Tyreek Hill to just be in the middle of the field because you know you can't catch him once he catches the ball. <laughs> now, those two were the two that burned, that killed them. And they're just floating around in the middle of the field. So, so the D, which was the number one defense, didn't come through at the end of that one. But I'm not going to make a big thing. I'll see what they decide to do next year. Yeah, well, the defense obviously failed. But um, um, when you look at the, the whole um, NFL trying to make the game safe, let's face it, it's, it's a bunch they don't care, and everybody knows they don't really care. It's just all, you yeah. know. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> and the, yeah, and the fact is, you know, you could, like Rob said, you could do it where the overtime rules as can stay as they are in the regular season, and and you at least in the postseason, just make it a, each team gets a possession, and then it goes into um, sudden death from there. And even and from there, it actually would make the game a little bit more exciting, um, add to the uh, gamesmanship, gamesmanship of the head, where the head coach plays it, because, you know, you, instead of winning the coin toss, which, puts, honestly, like, you know, you're, you're all these, these players and teams have worked so hard all season to get to this point, and then the season's decided by a flip of the coin. You know, that's not right. But, um, you know, the coin toss becomes a thing where, you know, if each team gets a possession, maybe the team that wins it would rather go with the wind and get the ball second instead of first because, you know, the team that gets the ball first, then they have a decision to make if they score a touchdown. You go for two, you pick an extra point, and then the, the other team, let's just say the, um, the first team scores a touchdown, kicks the extra point, let's just say Josh Allen then goes down, scores a touchdown. Now the Bills have a decision to make. Do they want to tie the game or go for the win? You know, it's just makes it a little bit more exciting and a little bit more, um, a little more, bit more thinking involved with the head, way the head coach plays it all. So I think it would be a good move yeah. all around. Yeah, I mean, I mean, with that, we can just eliminate two point toss altogether because hey, they're both gonna get the ball anyway. Just continue where we left off, or just alternate whoever had the ball first to the half, second half. It's now the other team starts overtime. At this point, like you said, since they both don't have, they both will be on the field anyway. So get that rid of the whole coin toss nonsense and just continue to play ball. Yeah, but still, at the end of the day, you know, it, it, it makes sense that if you go to overtime, you have to give the, the fans what they wanted. Even if you're if there was nothing but cheap fans, they can respect Josh Allen's game and what he brought to the table. Nobody was disappointed at all. But they were disappointed. But I guarantee, even Chiefs fans were disappointed that they couldn't see Josh Allen on the field at least one more time. And overtime rules have been a flawed rule. They're going to obviously remember this game, but that's where or the the sad the sad thing ends is overtime. And obviously, whoever got the ball first last wins. And that was the kind of game it was. So, like I said, there'll be obviously, like you said, there will be days where Josh Allen will get his moment. But like I said, he's got to avoid. He's got to avoid the rocket and, and big red for that to probably happen because they have his number when it matters. Unfortunately, in the postseason, they're two and zero now. So we've talked about all we've talked about the three teams that are in 
the comp on Championship Sunday. But there's one more team we haven't talked about that won. And this is a team that might be the scariest team left, and that's the Cincinnati Bengals. Like I said, first time in 34 years there in a conference championship game. And boy, it's it. <laughs> this could be it, like I said, it's like it's an upstart. These are two upstart. This is an upstart team with a quarterback, a second-year quarterback, a rookie wide receiver that's been on fire this year, a, a head coach who two years ago just won two games. Won two games. But my question to y'all, this and this is probably our last segment of the night here, is since the Cincinnati actually have a chance against Kansas City, and how dangerous can they be against the Chiefs on Sunday? Yeah, well, I got to say, this is the, the Bengals are the one team that I'm actually really interested in seeing that's left in the playoffs. Um, I say that because you know the the Niners. Let's face it, they're not a team that, especially with Jimmy G back there, they're not a team that gets anybody all excited. Um, for me, the Rams. You know, they are one of the best teams in the league, but. I hate LA teams, to be honest with you. I do. I just all, all of them in every sport: the Lakers, the, um, the Dodgers, all of them. I hate all. Oh, of them. the Dodgers! Oh man! That, yeah, that's his team. Oh, yeah, Matt, that that's oh, yeah. his favorite team in baseball: the Dodgers. He loves his Dodgers. Oh, yeah. Well, LA, LA sports is just the Western version of New York sports. They all try to, you know, buy the championship. It's all pile-on teams. Um, yeah, I hate him. So, to me, it's, yeah, I hate them all. So. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, I know. But yeah, go ahead. No problem. Yeah, yeah, I know. It's just how it is. But um, and then the Chiefs. Obviously, Mahomes is a great quarterback, and that was an exciting game last week. Obviously, but I'm sick of seeing them there, man. I'm ready to see somebody else. Obviously, this is their fourth straight AFC Championship game. Um, but the the Bengals are the, the one that that actually is exciting that we haven't seen yet in the, in the this late in the playoffs, like you know since the '80s. And uh, Joe Burrow, the youngster, um, Jamar Chase. He's, young, he's a superstar already. Um, had the greatest rookie rookie season for a wide receiver. Um, T. Higgins, you know, they just have an exciting offense. And Joe Burrow is just, he's a star in the making too. So, you know, he's, he, he's, he looked, before he got injured last year, he looked like he was going to be great, which obviously we could see in college he was. But, um, you know, he it was translating to the NFL. He got injured. Now he came back this year healthy. He's healthy, and you know he's playing at an elite level all year. And if he wins this, if he can beat Mahomes, you know he he could shoot up into that elite category just in year three. So um, I am excited to see them, and that's the one team that I'm really looking forward to seeing. Yeah, this. Um, well, first of all, for me personally, I love. This is my favorite Sunday, championship Sunday. Now, I'm going to take a lot to overcome what I just witnessed with the division round Sunday or Saturday and Sunday. But uh, normally, this is it. This is when you have four teams who knows what they're the, uh, who are fighting for an opportunity to be in the Super Bowl, and they play in their home, uh, actual home uh, 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 towns. Of course, 
look forward to it even more so than the Super Bowl itself. So I, uh, well, Cincinnati, I'm a big fan of Joe Burrow, too. I uh, liked him coming out, even when he came out of LSU, watching him there and seeing him in Cincinnati and just watching uh, him grow. Uh, one thing I saw on, uh, I forgot what show I was watching, but I think it was NFL Live, talking about how Joe Burrow was so poised Saturday when getting sacked nine times. And even though he was getting roughed up, he did not have happy feet. And I said, that shows some real level, high level maturity, um, for especially for a young person to get racked up that way and to stay in the pocket and know it, know he's about to get hit, but still deliver the ball well. And um, that is going to really bode well with this game in Kansas City. And we all know how Mahomes is, that he's going to put on the show. So I'm looking very forward to both games uh, this Sunday. But Cincinnati could, ooh, that would be something. I mean, I'm shocked that they're even in the AFC Championship game now. But if they can pull this off, wow. Uh, they're going to – Burrow might have a statue made just for getting to the Super Bowl because <laughs> Cincinnati's success rate has been quite the dismal throughout the history. So I think it's going to be a good one. Well, yeah, I mean, they are the last team left, and what's crazy about it is these other three teams have been in the Super Bowl since 2018. Kansas City's been the last two. So, like I said, Cincinnati the, is the team we have to talk about. They're the upstart. They're the team nobody saw coming this season. When I did my pros and cons in July, and I'll, you have to tease on Facebook, I, did, I had them ranked lower than the Eagles. And we haven't really talked much about the Eagles. But obviously, you know, this they, they just had nothing to do with this weekend, unfortunately, besides taking notes. But Cincinnati is, is an interesting situation. Because they've been in the Super Bowl. Ironically, if, if San Francisco wins and they win, they've played 49ers twice before. They've already played them in the regular season. So guess what? They they know they know a little bit of familiarity. But this is interesting because like I said, teams like this in this round, it's kind of like Tennessee in 2019 with, with my boy uh, Mike Vrabel and them. The great, te- great story, but they're not ready yet. And I feel like for the Bengals, just watching what they have to do, what they have to go to, the environment. Yeah, they beat Kansas City in week eight, in week seventeen, and it was a hell of a game, a great comeback. You know, you may not, they may hate to say this, but Kansas City might have sandbagged that game for whatever reason because they might see this team again, and now they are seeing this team again. But the only difference is. It's at Arrowhead, and Arrowhead's not an easy place to play. You saw with the Bills, they couldn't win there, even though as much as they had the game won twice. It's going to be tough. I mean, it's going to be battle. And they said, Zach Taylor as a head coach, can he outcoach Andy Reid? Here's a guy who two years ago was a two-win coach, and now he's two wins away from a championship. That doesn't normally happen in this league. You drop, you jump that quickly, you jump that quickly. But like I said, Joe Burrow is, and Jamar Chase—they are winners. Unlike some quarterbacks in this league, 
They they won a national championship together two years ago, and here they are on the verge of becoming that team to watch out for. They broke a lot of curses in Cincinnati, and it's hard to, to look back and think about what it could be in the future since this is the Look Back show. But like I said, we'll see what happens on Sunday. You know, they're going to be poised. They, they like the 49ers, will have more house money on them than anybody else. And we'll see what happens. But we'll see. I mean, if Kansas City wins, it won't surprise nobody. But at the end of the day, we've seen crazy shit. Cincinnati Bengals in the Super Bowl would be the craziest thing that's happened this season. I'll guarantee you that. And don't listen to a thing I predict, because I was a fat over four that week last weekend. Well, <laughs> welcome, welcome to the club. Now, we 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 Matt and I we we don't always get things right. We we get fooled more often than we get, get things right. So you're you're going to have days like that allowing this show moving forward. Felt like yeah, my yeah, bowling. Felt like my bowling night Monday. Well, at least at least you know how to bowl well compared to me. <laughs> I I get I get a day like that be like it'd be like <laughs> it'd be like the Detroit Lions winning something. <laughs> yeah, when they beat Arizona. Yeah. Cincinnati Bengals could be the 2018 uh, 2008 version of the Cardinals because nobody expected them to be in the Super Bowl either and here they are, you know, almost. So, <laughs> but like I said, sorry for, for us Eagles fans. We didn't have much to talk about. And obviously we have, you know, we'll have coaching discussions in next week's show. You know, the, 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 we're going to move our topics to the offseason for several for several teams. We still have an all-Eagles offseason discussion show coming up here in the next few weeks. But that's all we have for this episode. Looking back on Divisional Weekend, a great weekend, an interesting weekend. Join us Sunday as we predict the four the, the two teams that will go to LA. Well, two one two of the teams are already in LA and one will but one will stay in LA for a couple more weeks. But who will join but in the AFC who will join them out there is up for grabs. So like I said, that's all we have for this episode. We will preview conference championship Sunday. On Sunday. Good night, folks. Good night.